Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of The Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Welcome to the Paula Price Show. Are you welcoming me or them? I'm welcoming everybody. everybody. <laughs> I love it. I love it. God for it. I'm giving God praise. Hallelujah for what he's doing. And all he's making happen. <laughs> but anyway, we got new stuff. New we are, joy. We're leaving yes, today. We are. We're oh, going we're... to Portland, Oregon. Yay! Thank God for it. We're finally ending for prophetic ed, Portland or Pacific West Coast, where our regional prophet is Dr. Al Spears, and our near apostle is Apostle Stephen Holt. So we're, we're, and you know what else? We're bringing the family. We're bringing the near prophetic guard, at least those who could travel. They're going to be there with us as we literally establish prophetic ed in Portland, Oregon. You don't want to miss that. Don't miss Friday night because that's the night that we're standing together and presenting the near prophetic, the near global, forgive me, prophetic company. It's going to be amazing. So you want to be a part of that. I understand there's still a lot of time. Let me me tell you something. I prayed yesterday about this, Ashley, and well, day before, but, and I just said, the Lord said, tell these people, don't miss my visitation. He said, but also tell them, don't miss my answer to their prayers. Mm. Oftentimes, saints are waiting on the sidelines, you know, sitting on the dock, swinging their feet in the water, waiting for the right wave to come. We've heard so much about the river and the water and the carrying on. We don't realize, isn't that powerful? And so we don't realize that God is sending your answer, and you may not have been in the position to hear it. We have, we're so caught up. Oh, my gosh, I'm getting excited. Already, this is good. It didn't take me long. But we have gotten so caught up in God's universality and God's omnipresent that we don't think that he has digital locations where we need to appear. Your vessel is tuned to a location. That's why when you move, your blessings go with you or they don't if God didn't think that was your ground. And so some of you all are not in your citizen location. You're not in the place of reception. It's kind of like getting a package shipped to you, and you know the package is coming. You know it's your package and all of that, but uh, you're moving. And so the package doesn't know you move. It's not carrying over your head. The package is going to your last known address. 
and then before you can get it, it has to go back to the company, the sender, unless there's a forward instruction. It has to go back to the sender to tell you um, we need another address and we need the authorization to deliver it to the new address. Some of you all have been hanging out in the wrong places. You've been praying in, the, in one place and expecting God to deliver something another place because you're like, God, you think God ought to search you out. Well, God, if the Lord wants me to have it, he knows where I am. People, family, let me say family of God. We have so, listen, not we, I'm not taking credit of that. I'm not putting an apple in that basket. You have so much bad teaching and so much uh, childish teaching, you have no idea that God has been trying to bless some of you for 15, 25, 35, somebody, 50 years, trying to get it to you. But you're loyal to your old haunts, and you're loyal to your old this and your old that, and loyalty to the flesh has caused many of you to be robbed of what God would deliver to you by the Holy Spirit. Oh, I got to slap something. Yeah, that was slap worth it. Because you are caught up in somebody's theology. It, it, the, 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 this mass exodus from the word of God, this mass exodus from scripture, this mass departure from what thus saith the Lord is robbing the people. The folks who are selling it to you are already paid off. They got paid off, which is why they're leaving the Bible. They already got to pay. They already got the little code and they got the little thing in the bank online or whatever else. But they've already been paid off for their renunciation of Jesus Christ and his truth. They've been paid by the world and they've been paid by Satan because the wages of sin is death. You, have, you need to understand that sin has a wage. And the maximum wage of sin is death. And so God presents it ultimately because in his mind, the moment Adam ate from that tree, he died. Now, his body had to be recoded to death, his food, his lamp. But the moment he ate, Adam was a dead man. In the same way that the moment God put sin on Jesus Christ, he became a dead man. And some of you all, the moment you told God, but my pastor, but my apostle, but my prophet, but my intercessor, the moment you held up flesh in place of your blessing, the moment you did it is when your blessing went elsewhere. You separated from the location, the spiritual geography, your compass changed. Is this talking to any of you out there? So your compass literally changed when you actually put another delight or another pleasure, another favorite on your altar of your heart. Some of you all, you don't realize that when you made that statement, I'm telling you, when you made that statement, you made it in the presence of God's angels, you made it in the presence of God's spirit and Holy Spirit, and you know what? They took that statement and said, done. So I'm talking to you today, and I'm asking some of you, what did you hold up before God? Let me, God says to tell you, because that was a Lot's wife move. God said, I came to save you. I came to prosper you. I came to help you thrive. I came to do all of those things. I visited you in the night seasons. I made my thoughts known. I 
gave ear to your prayer and took it seriously. And God is like perhaps more seriously than you did. And you said, God, oh, you know how we like to do the move of God? Send me, I'll go. Lord, just send me. I'm your faithful one. God, just tell me what to do, and I will do it. You all made vows to the Holy Ghost in the presence of God's heavenly host. And when God came to collect on his vow, you told him, but but you know, not now, Lord. Lot's wife, so in love with what God was destroying, she couldn't even recognize the signs of destruction. Are you so passionately in love with what what is passing away, what God is destroying, expiring, retiring, that you can't see that there's no harvesting you for that? That God is not giving you a harvest in that because he wanted you to get an education in that and he wanted you to get a harvest somewhere else. And some it's like the kids saying, I never want to leave high school. I never want to leave uh, elementary school. I don't want to leave college. Some of you all don't know that God is not going to give you a harvest in that land. And it's not just because it may be a curse or under judgment. It's not that at all. We don't consider high school an accursed place just because people have to graduate. We get ready for the next flow. There are people that are supposed to come in your ministry won't come because you're in the way. There are pastors whose churches won't grow because they're binding themselves to what is with no vision for what is to come. So I want to ask you, what loyalty, what devotion have you put on the altar of your destiny that you have told God you cannot let go of no matter how much he needs you somewhere else? We are, we're fond of calling ourselves a nation of kings and priests, and our, our king can't tell us where to go or what to do because you have been bound up in all of this pop doctrine. And for, as far as you're concerned, it's obviously if God wants me to do, he wants you to do. Well, God sent somebody for a lot and his wife, and you know what? His wife refused to follow. Mull that over for a moment. Lot's wife refused to follow. She couldn't follow her husband. She couldn't follow the angels of God, and she couldn't follow instruction. God said, do not look back. No matter what you see, don't look back, because I don't want anything I chose for the future to have the memory of the past in their mind controlling them when I get them to their destination. What was happening was terrible. It was so bitter and stunning. God wanted them to go in at peace. She probably fussed about her little trinkets, her little belongings, her little furniture, her little decor. She fussed about all of that, and she was angry with God for stepping in and sovereignly delivering them from the land of destruction. And she was angry with God that he would have the nerve to disturb her world. It didn't matter what God was dealing with. It didn't matter how vile her world was. It didn't matter how vile the leadership were, the policies were, the government were. It didn't matter about anything but her pet affections. And some of you, your pet affections, can I say that again? 
Your pet affections have caused you to turn on the true Christ and to put on the false one. And God wants you to think differently. Some of you all, this is a warning. This is a one. Do you realize that they, every time God gets ready to hit a place, it, he, most of the people can tell you, yeah, well, God told me to leave. I'm glad I obeyed the Lord. Well, God told me to go now. God told me to leave quickly. I mean, some of these people will tell you, yeah, you know, a year ago I had a dream, but I didn't listen. Uh, two years ago I was dreaming about this, or the Lord spoke to me, or a prophet said to me, or a minister said to me. All of those people, because God is faithful to his folks. God is like, now, I want to deliver you from the trial, but if you want to go through it, I'll keep you. Because I said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But understand, catastrophe was not my choice for you. Just like the, the weather people, it's, they marvel at how many people, yeah, well, I, I was born here, and I'm going to die here. And then next thing you know, well, I wasn't ready to die here today. Is God working to deliver you from something he's already committed his angels to do? See, God had already committed his angels to carry out his judgment and his sentence. Because there's a difference between a judgment and a sentence. So his judgment and his sentence on those foul nations. On Sodom and Gomorrah, he had already dispatched his angels. They had been traveling, all of them had been traveling for some time, getting to the planet to carry out the word of the Lord. So they could have been traveling 20 minutes or 20 years. I'm for the latter. And for 20 years, God was trying to shift, 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 shift and then shift. And you know what? All of those pet favorites, all of those loyalties, all of those devotions, and when your life went into a, 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 a tailspin or a whirlwind, you were then looking for God to rescue you. And you wonder, well, God, tell me what to do. God's like, I told you what to do 20 years ago. I told you what to do five years ago. I told you what to do last month. I told you. But you think that because... Uh, you didn't know why I was telling you to do something, that I was going to have pity on your disobedience. I don't pity disobedience, says the Holy Ghost. I don't pity disobedience. I don't care how sorrowful it is, how sad the consequences. The God said, I cannot pity the disobedience because I've already processed all of the reasons that made me have to do that. I've already undertaken those issues. They've come across my bench. I've decided this is how we can handle it, and there is no alternative. So when you miss your window of obedience, when you miss it, God said, I don't pity disobedience. Now, he said, I have mercy on the sorrowful. Don't, don't get me wrong. God is, he, he already, you really got, really understand that God also has another force that's ready to take care of his people when they have missed their window. But you don't get his best. That's a 30-fold. You don't get his best, and that's what God wants you to get, to get his best. God wants to rescue. He wants us to have an ear to hear. He wants to be able to say, I'm getting ready to send so-and-so in your land. You need to do so-and-so. Go visit your mother. I hate my mother. The alternative to not visiting your mother can be ugly. I'm getting ready to do so-and-so. I need you to get your family ready to go. One thing Abraham did is every time God told him to move, he moved. He didn't ask any questions. He just packed his family up, and he moved. Every time. And when David moved when God told him, Israel in the wilderness, when God said move, they moved. Now, granted, you know, they understood that too. So I want to say to you, because some of you all 
are going to miss your window of, uh, literally, your window of deliverance. And you're going to say, but God, I didn't know. And God said, knowledge, knowledge of him does not affect obedience to his word. Just because you don't know what God is doing doesn't mean that he's dumb. He knows completely what he's doing. I don't know why this word is going out like this today. And you know what? It doesn't matter to me. I'm telling you that God said, I'm issuing orders for relocation. I'm issuing orders for transition. I'm issuing commands. I'm issuing instructions. I'm paving the way. I'm preparing the way. Some of you all think God wants you to relocate for your ministry. No, he didn't even want that ministry. If he wanted it, he would have blessed it in the land you're in. So then you need to find out what else is he trying to do to honor his covenant with you as God and Holy Father and Savior. Well, yeah, well, I just, I'm sorry, you know, unless Jesus Christ himself come down. When Jesus came down to Sodom and Gomorrah, it made it worse. It didn't make it better. When he came down to earth, it didn't make it better. We got a great covenant, but he said in the world, you're going to have tribulation. So you, you all don't even know God enough to dig in your heels on the right issue. You don't know God enough to stand on the right thing. I'm looking at all of these people who are standing on prophetic words and not Scripture and prophetic words that boldly conflict with Scripture. I'm looking at all of these people standing on apostles' words and apostles' counsel, even though the counsel is nowhere to be traced, verified, or proven. And, you know, truthfully, quality people want to track. I want an evidence track. I want a proving track. I want to be able to trace this word, that this is how God has done Etc. You need to know that. You got see these little fly in and fly out prophets. But God told you you're supposed to marry this one. You married that person six months later. You realize that was a false prophet, and you're in a bad marriage. And God won't let you get out of it. You have got to know God. Those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits, great exploits, great things, mighty things. You want to, and, and there is nothing mightier than knowing God in the face of the trends, in the face of, of the popular vote, in, face, uh, in the face of people who just absolutely, you know, look at you like you grew a third head. Knowing God in his adversity, not yours, his. Because, see, there's an adversity that God is facing right now. You can't even imagine. You're just looking at, well, yeah, well, as soon as he pay my rent. Come around next time, as soon as he pays my car notes, as soon as he, as soon as he, and you are constantly negotiating your little petty life needs against God's global process of establishing his son in this earth. And trust me, it's global. It has not gotten ugly yet. You know, we're all, all geared up. You know, you got your little stuff on. We, we, honey, we're, we're in end times. This is the end times. No, this is not the end times. We are a long Long way from the end times. Isn't that interesting? Long, long way. How do I know? Because the end time, Jesus said, when you start seeing earthquakes in diverse places and storms and, and, and shaking and rumbling, he said that's the beginning of birth pain. We're just at the beginning. I know that you think we're at the end, but we are not. We are at the beginning of birth pain. We're going to see storms, planet, we're going to see planet shifts, 
We're going to see planetary shifts. We're going to see literal pieces of the earth just crack and separate. We're going, God's going to re, realign his continents, and it's not going to be pretty. And those are the beginning because that's what he's doing to stage the next phase of his plan on earth. I want to share this with you. I've shared this before, and I want to share it with you. And just because you see people attempting to make God's word a lie doesn't mean the prophecy can't be fulfilled. A lot of what you see today, especially in the technology realm, is to make God's word a lie. These people really think they're the generation to do it because they think they know, they know more than anybody has known before them. They think they know the, the actual technology and technological in, in, innovations and ingenuities that will bring God's word to pass on the planet. They don't. Trust me, they don't. He's cracking the earth. Trust me on this word. God is he's cracking the earth. Hear me. And I don't just mean earthquakes. I mean God is cracking the ground. He is realigning the plates of the earth. He's realigning the tectiles. God is cracking this thing. And when he does, it's because he's creating openings for himself and for his truth to come up and march on. Hear me. God, I'm telling you, God is cracking the earth. We're going to see amazing cracks across the planet where things have been in place for a long time and been in place for decades and centuries. But God says, I am cracking the earth. His first breakdown is the structures of the planet. I don't care if your building is 9,000 feet deep. It won't be safe. I know we don't like it. We, we're upset about it, you know, but well, how can a loving God, we'll have that talk in a couple of more shows. This won't be the day. We're going to answer the loving God, you know, and the sweet uh, person thing. We're not doing that. I'm telling you, he's cracking the earth. I'm telling you, he's spinning new stars into the planet. God is spinning them, and I see them spinning, and they're bumping into us, and they're bumping into us, and they're bumping into us, and they're not all meteorites. God is cracking the earth because he's turning it in another direction. He's shifting it to what it has never seen, felt, experienced before. Because we may have had earthquakes, but they happen to primitive people. They don't happen to, you know, uh, established civilizations. Watch this. Watch this word. Because God says, I am changing the guards of the planet. The guardians of this planet are not what you see on the little marble things and, the, and all of those little comic books. I'm telling you, the guards that saw to it that this planet would never destruct until God got ready are moving in, and because they're moving in, they're butting out the, the, the squatters that are in their place. This thing is going to happen, and you better be willing and ready to listen to the Lord when he says move. When he says, I need you to move now, I give you 30 days, I give you 120 days, some of you all will have nine months to get your life in order, and some of you all have been hearing it for nine months trying to figure out whether or not you should do it, well, I don't know, and all of that. This is not only about ministry, and it is not only about the church. It is about those that God has handpicked to move into his new life and his new way of living and is getting them ready for his new way of living and his new way of life. And, they need, and, and, and a lot of the old guard can't do it because they are too busy enjoying the harvest of what they've done. It's too powerful. 
This is way, way, way more powerful. This thing has gone more than cosmos. This thing is creation-wide. And I can tell you other things. We will talk about that when we get to Portland. But I'm telling you, you all who are sitting on the fence of indecision, swinging your feet on the dock, just having fun and getting, I'm telling you, you're going to regret it. Because as quickly, you're looking at these things, they're not giving us warning. They're not announcing themselves. They're not reporting themselves because they are on a higher assignment. Now, I, you know, we're going to get the folks that say, yeah, well, you know, because I love the scientists. Well, you know, that's because the wind was. Who programmed the wind to do it? it was, we got four compass points. Why did they choose this one? Because in a minute, even they are not going to be able to tell you scientifically why creation is changing the way it behaves why it's turning on this present era and this present generation the way it is. They're not going to be able to tell you that. So you need to find out where, to whom God is talking to. Because some of you all are like, well, you know, it didn't come out of the mouth of the big, but how much, where are the big that you all leaned on before? Most of them are gone. And the rest are sliding off a cliff. Because Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. You have to realize he spoke that as a king, as a sovereign, as creator, and as the world that is superintending this world. He spoke that as a, as, as a, as a person who made it as a person who has all the keys, all the codes, all the doors, all the locks, all the, all the, 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 the connections, all of the links, he has it all. So when he said that, he did not say that as if he did not know how to take care of his people. He said that letting us know he wasn't just announcing that to Christians. He wasn't announcing that to church. When he said it, the church wasn't even in existence. He was making an announcement to the powers of darkness. And he said, you will not win this battle. You will try. You will fight hard. You will go vicious. You'll go malicious. But you will not win this battle because we've already staged the outcome. It's done. This thing is going to happen. I don't care about all of these churches kicking out the Bible. We don't do scripture. I don't care about all the schools. I don't care about all the business and all the institutions. I'm telling you that God himself is saying, oh, okay, so man couldn't keep this? Well, I'll come myself as the son of man, and I will restore order, and I will restore my people, and I will restore my institutions, and my word will prevail again. I'm telling you that is where Jesus is right now, today. So all your little trusty boards and elders and whatever, the few of them are, I don't know how many are. I really don't. I'm thinking about God. He's just showing me what he's, what he's dealing with. All, it won't matter. The gates of hell, hell won't win. You all who've turned, gone over to the dark side, you are doomed because hell won't win. Hell can't win because it didn't win in the spirit. It didn't win in heaven. It can't win on earth. It didn't win. So you listen to all of these little lies about, well, you know, you're free to do this. God won't do that. I'm telling you, you need to read my book before the garden because it will show you why hell can't pull this off. Hell can't win. They can't win because they, kick, they were kicked to earth and kickstarted earth as the losers of the contest. There is no other contest. There's nothing else. 
So I need you all to stop thinking that just because you don't know Jesus better, that he is not the mighty God. Just because you only know him in church and you only know him by your pastor and you only know him about your conferences and your religious experiences, you only know just because you know Jesus in a certain way doesn't mean Jesus is the way you know him. Because he is not the way we know him. He is nothing like what we've been teaching. He is so different. I tell him every day, I say, God, so did we ever meet you? You met a loving, kind sovereign who took the form of a savior to bring you into a mighty world. Not just church service, a mighty world. To place himself, to install himself in you so he can naturalize you to his eternal world. Every Christian is a naturalized citizen of God's eternal world, the world that cannot end. That's what all of the scriptures are saying. But see, y'all kicked out the Bible, so do you know? He's a mighty God. Tell somebody he's a mighty God. He is a mighty God. And so I say this because I need you all to understand where we are and what we're doing and how it's happening. You think you know Jesus because of how he's behaved with you. You do not know Jesus as in how he behaves throughout his creation. That's a different Jesus altogether. All you know is that locked in your experience, locked in your heart, locked in your memory, you're my personal Savior, Jesus. This man, oh, hallelujah. That's why y'all stunned looking at the world. Like, but I know that can't be Jesus because Jesus is a loving God. No, Jesus is a loving God, but understand what Jesus loved Jesus before he loved you. And if you fall away from him, he's going to still love himself more than you. See, we've taught you that Jesus loves you more than whatever because you, you listen to the Sunday morning Jesus. I want you all to tell me, I'm going, baby, I'm after Jesus, hallelujah. We need to bust the mold of the Sunday morning Jesus. I just want this to sink in. Is that sinking in to you guys? Okay. Bust the mold of the Sunday morning Jesus. The Sunday morning Jesus is the Jesus that you all, he has two faces. The face of the one that comes in and sits up on his throne or wherever we place him in the service and watches all the kids do all these antics for him. That's our, our daddy God. Can you imagine that you brought your, your, the creator of all creation, not universe, our universe is one. The creator of all creation, all that is, all that ever was, and all that will ever be, and you brought him down to your daddy God. A little more than a sugar daddy. The other Jesus is the Jesus that, again, we're talking Sunday morning, but he is the guy that rushes in to be our rescuer because he's our savior. Now, he should rescue us individually, but he should not rescue the souls of this generation and the destinies of all of the generations to come. All of that, let's go home, take us away, fly us out, get us off. All of that is Christianity and Christians not wanting to be sovereign citizens of an eternal world. Jesus has a hierarchy of rescue. Somebody better hear me. Come home, home, home. Did you hear that? Did you hear the ring? He has a hierarchy of rescue. And as long as all of this top stuff is intact, 
He will start with you, etc. Now, he's not linear, and that's another issue. You think he's linear. Jesus does not have to just rescue, rescue okay, like the government does. Okay, line up, sign in here, take a pass, take a number. That's not how he has to do it. He's vast, his world is immense, and he has more than enough to take care of us. But they are according to order. Look at the human body. I love talking to doctors. Doctors always get me excited. I get thrilled. You know why? Because doctors will make you understand God. And the Bible said that we're in him. And we are members of his body. And so when you look at it, they talk about how the body begins to turn away on certain things, shut down on other things, and to take on the, uh, the things that will keep it alive. Oh, somebody hear me. Oh, I got to hit something. I got to hit something again. I can't hit myself. Devil, oh, I got, oh, hey, come on, King Jesus, hallelujah, and so if we are the body of Christ, you can understand Jesus Christ, and you can understand why he looks like he's disinterested in your toenail, while your broken fingernail will have to wait, while your knees will have to wait, because they're not a priority, because he's now taking his body, and he's restoring his body, Mm. He has a hierarchy, and you didn't know where it was, did you? You thought it was in the church. It's not in the church. It's in organic Christianity. We are the organic body of Jesus Christ, and he has a hierarchy. So when that body starts going in, the very things that keep it going are what he puts all of his attention to. I like the fact that he goes after the heart. That is the love. But he also goes after the, the mind because that is the sense, the wisdom. He goes after the lungs for the Holy Ghost. So he has a hierarchy in how he's restoring this body. And it's not like your friend. He don't care about your fingernails being painted, eyelashes, hair growing. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't care about your pecs and your, and your, your core. That's not keeping that body alive. God doesn't care about those right now. Right now, he's at what's going to keep this body going because I've already decreed. Decreed the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. He decreed that thing. He decreed it before there was a church. Why? He decreed it when we were still in this body. We hadn't even gone to hell. We were on our way, in the body. We hadn't spent our three days and three nights in darkness, in the body. He decreed that as the sovereign of creation. He did not care that they did not get that he had made himself mortal for their immortality. He didn't care about that. But he decreed the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God has already defeated these systems before. He knows them inside out. He's looking for guardians. He's looking for keepers. He's looking for people, sheep, that will let him have the glory. Because if he doesn't have he can't come in and he's not going to do it because, well, we can't survive him. But, you know, he, he, he's got to have humans to take up his cause. He's got to have humans to pick up that plow. He has to because otherwise him getting involved in reversing it is a, is a wasted effort. It's a wasted effort. Oh, this is so important, people. You have to know. You want to get the rest of it, though, we do have an appointment in Portland, Oregon, starting this Friday night. Talk about it again. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. You can say tomorrow night. We're going to be 
be at the Warren Pacific College in Portland, Oregon, um, with our near collaborative. It is our near collaborative. The collaborative is there. You can go to www.thenw for Northwest nwpropheticinstitute.com. Good. We start tomorrow evening at 7:30, and then Saturday morning at 10. Mm-hmm. You really go all the way in. Sunday morning, we are with Apostle Stephen Holt at his church, mm-hmm. Kingdom Nation. And so it's a whole weekend of this training, this information, this kind of revelation. Again, that's the uh, Northwest Prophetic Institute, www.thenwpropheticinstitute.com. Nwpropheticinstitute.com. I'm loving this. Now, I want to tell you, you cannot be a prophet and not be interested in this. You cannot be a prophet who wants to get on God's wavelength and be out of this. We're not streaming it, so take that off your option list. There will be no streaming. We're not selling it, so take that off your option list. So you need to be there to get it because that is how you're going to do it. And once it's done, it goes in our university curriculum, and you don't get that again. So that's number one. Number two, you cannot be a prophet and not in this hour and not want to get that inside information, that divine intelligence that separates us from every other author. You've got to want to be there. And you've got it's gotta be worth it. You want God. I know y'all heard all of those theories. Well, if God told Dr. Price, they'll tell it to me. So how many of you all went in with a dictionary? Handbook. Manuals textbooks, assessments, etc. There was one Moses. We can say all day long, nobody, God gave me a Moses anointing. No, you didn't because you haven't part of Red Sea, having gathered four million plus people. You know, there's a whole lot of elements to this Moses mantle that we're talking about that's beyond prophecy. And that's something that we are going to dig into. What happens beyond prophecy? And then what happens to prophecy? You want to press your way. And if you're in the Portland area, grab your friend and come on over. If you're in California or any of those other regions around, press your way. Because it's going to be everything that the prophet's mantle and office does. And I want you to be there. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you sitting out there talking about, well, you know, I thought we can. Well, I'll send my friend and my friend to give me notes. Really? You have notes in your in your your note your notebooks when you go to school when you take a training and you know what else you needed to do be there to get the notes that speak to you. Press your way. Don't allow Satan to stop you from coming and getting yourself ready for the future. If you want to, if you minister to an organization, you need to be there because you need to know what you're telling people. Education is always for the future, always for the review is always for the past. And a lot of those prophecies are reviews. They're not futuristic at all. So you need to know that. I need you to pay attention to the signs of the time, but then know how to interpret them. This is not a cult. We, I don't do numerology. I know some of y'all do. I don't. I got delivered from numerology because every practice, every technique has a spiritual force and a spiritual wisdom and intelligence behind it. So we don't do numerology. I know y'all like to hear that, but a, a real apostle would never lead you into numerology because it's to take you back to the past. 
See, those are the arts that Jesus said, those curious arts that Jesus threw up in Ephesus. See, a real apostle would never, I'm telling you, I'm saying it, write my name on it. Please do. Please write my name. Hold on, let me get my, I got to get a slap off. Got to slap it. And then I got to hit it. A real apostle would never take you to numerology. A real apostle would never take you to astrology. A real apostle will never take you to witchcraft. A real apostle will never take you to magic. A real apostle will never take you to illusion, because illusion is another word of saying lie, and God cannot lie. A real apostle would not take you into Satan's classes or Satan's arts. He will not take you to a shaman, because all of those are dead works, and they are the works of the princes that God cast out who, if they had ever known who Jesus really was, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. A real apostle won't do it. Write, write it down, send it to your friends. A real Dr. Paula A. Price said, a real apostle would never take you out of the Bible. A real pastor would never take you out of the Bible. A real education center, those people can't take you out because without Jesus Christ, all we're left with is Satan. Oh, they didn't get it. Prophet Ashley, they didn't get it. I think so. When we take Jesus Christ out of the equation, all you're left with is Satan. When we take the Bible out, all you're left with is seducing spirits and doctrines of devil. A real apostle would never do that to their God, let alone his people. I'm telling you that. They wouldn't do it to him. They wouldn't. And if you are a real apostle, if you're a real prophet, you will get out of that mess and get God's people out of it. Are we hearing? Mm-hmm. You, you have to change. You have to. You have got to loose this thing because, you see, Jesus came into Satan's world and defeated him. Satan created himself into Jesus' world and got defeated. You cannot do that, not to the Lord of glory, not to this man. And I'm telling you, they can talk to me all day long. But, you know, well, I mean, the Bible talks about astrology, not in the New Testament. Apostles don't. Apostles are not talking about the astrology. Old Testament prophets are, but they're not talking about it. Apostles are not talking about it. As a matter of fact, Paul brings up the instance where Moses had to face off with those, with those magicians in Pharaoh's court. He even names them Janice and Jambres. It's important that you know. Prophet Ashley, I'm going to just let you, let you just feed back on it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Sandro just said, when I went to Texas, I was surprised how many Christians and leaders promote shamanism. Exactly. Huh. Wow. And do they know even what a shaman is? You cannot be a Christian and a shaman. A shaman is an Old Testament adversary. Astrology is an Old Testament adversary. Numerology, witchcraft, and the light, they're Old Testament. As a matter of fact, they're so Old Testament that when God talks about witchcraft, Ashley, in the book of Galatians, he says it's a work of the flesh. He has dethroned the spirits that were doing it. It's Old Testament works. So you cannot say that you went to a shaman. A shaman is an Old Testament 
uh, carryover or hangover, if you will, into Christ into Christ's era. You cannot do that because you can't move around. In the Old Testament, you can only move around by Almighty God, who says he did it very infrequently, or shamans. And shamans do it by the generation spirits or the spirits of their institutions. So if you are following shamanism, right again, because, you know, I'm going to say this thing, because God is so good to me. I'm going my sugar. You know, I got to love him up. He's my honey. If you are following shamanism, you have already abandoned your Christianity. Don't take, the title, take the title Christian off it. I say it. Take the title Christian off it. You are a shamanist, and you need to back down off of that. All right, Mr. This is good. Someone said, I love this woman. Sharon Billings is on. <laughs> they cannot take Jesus out of the equation. <laughs> Hashtag real apostle. <laughs> real apostle. Stephen Hole Jr., come on with the fire. <laughs> I, got some, I got some fire. Yolanda said, come on now. Stephen with a spoon said, we got it. We got it. <laughs> Amen. A real apostle always points to Jesus. Uh, Isabel said, apostle, you need a bigger gamble. I, I just got this one. He's not loving you, he's punishing you. 
very childish mentality of God mm-hmm. because we really feel that about our parents when they tell us that we can't do something. It's because you hate me and you don't like me and you don't want me to have fun. And you don't understand. Yeah, me. and all those things. Not that they're trying to save your literal life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thank you. Your future, your soul, not wanting you to get raped or addicted to something or left abandoned somewhere mm-hmm. by whatever or killed in a car accident. That, that doesn't cross Mm-mm. the average child's mind because their world is about them. That's right. And them enjoying their life. And I think that's how we, you know, get there with God, too, because we preach the, like you said earlier, the sugar daddy, daddy God, father pop bear, crawl up in his lap, mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. The God of my heart. The God of my heart. You know? And I'm like, but how do we know what God's in your heart? We don't know until you let him out. We don't know until you show him off. We don't know until you imitate him, emulate him, demonstrate him, manifest him. We don't know that until you do something that fits the God of this word, we don't know what God you are. And if so many of y'all are in shamanism and astrology and numerology and witchcraft and all of that other trash, and I know it to be trash, but it's also B.C. You know, I've been telling everybody B.C. is important before Christ. Is important. Now, they want to say before counting era, but when I look at some of that stuff, those people have been counting a long time, so that didn't work. They just changed that because they did not want to use Jesus Christ. These are the people who don't want to mention the fact that Jesus Christ, the sovereign of creation, and the work of the cross split the eras, baby, like we split the atom. He split those eras on purpose. And how did he split them? He split them by casting Satan out of his dominion in the mortal realm. See, he already got cast out in the immortal realm. And his whole team, if they'd known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. So all of these decisions that you're making, all he can do is suggest. He's the power of suggestion. But you are the power of acceptance. And it's your decision every day to live God's world. God is okay with us, you know, living on his planet, et cetera, but this planet is not God's passion. He already has its replacement, waiting in the wings. He's now working on the replacement. Oh, I got to hit it again, Ashley. Population. He's got to do it. So I want, to, I want to encourage you again, join me in Port- Portland. Don't miss that. And also, if Portland is just not possible, come to Tulsa in November where we are discipling apostolic Christians directly, directly, right, for three days. We are dis- we're making the Christian of the future, making and, and, and discipling and producing the Christian of the future. Oh, I'm so excited. I don't know what to do. I, I'm like, uh, I idea? Huh? Huh? I can slap something out. Really? I, got, I like that. She said I can slap. Something else. I am excited about God winning. We like to say we want God win. You want God to win in Satan's armor. Shame on you. Shame on you. You want to tell everybody, well, God's going to win, but just in case, I put on some. I went to Satan's little army navy store and put on his armor. How shame on you. Wearing his armor, wearing his attire, wearing his look. Talking about his God. Well, I mean, God made everything, so it may not, it must not be a problem. God made everything, and then he separated some things for the fire. And some things he called for destruction. And some things he cast out of his home. 
and other things he used, the things that didn't work for him, and he used them by, uh, by literally giving them to Satan, his false, so they can use it for the vetting of the saints and the sinner. So, yeah, I don't care how much they say this is not. You know, because they keep telling us, well, we're not going to go, but baby, you're not, don't worry about you going back. You worry about God going forward because that's your real problem. If, if you stop God, you're all right. If you stop the angels of God that have been running this thing forever, you stop his forces, you stop his plan, hey, you got it. But, see, I don't worry about the, the, the church. Yeah, well, you know, they're trying to take us back to You can't take anybody back to anything. You can't even take, take people back to the last thing I said. You can. You can make them hear it again, but you can't take them back to that moment. So going back is not an issue. Backsliding is, a, is, a, is literally defecting from God. It's not going back to the past. That's why backsliders are always so sad when they get back there. The people are gone. Everybody moved on, and folk are not there. The bar is not there. The building's not there. The, you know what I mean? The best friend is all, on another job. And so you backslide for nothing because nothing you imagined that was going to happen when you slid back into your old ways happened because the cast of characters are different. The institutions are different. The climate is different. Everything has changed except you. I'm going to shut up now. Prophet Adair? She is... Um, She's still moving. Yes. They well, why don't we have a normal? They up, up, we, do have we have a normal. Did you want to share something? I can share. Um, Norma is our chief intercessor. She's been with us for like ever. Yes, ever. That's what I want you to know. That's why she's here. She's our chief intercessor. At the beginning, you were talking about how um, our economies are tied to our geography. And I know a lot, many people are wondering why their grounds are drying up where they are. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's because they are not in the right place. And he talks about how God will have you to move and that he's going to be doing that more and more, telling people to move to different locations, giving them a time frame to get it done, and that they need to obey that word. Mm -hmm. Because, again, when they don't, the land begins to dry up, and it's not necessarily just monetary only, mm -hmm. but things begin to dry up, relationships and all of those things, because God is trying to get you into the place, into the new move, into the new thing that he's doing. Mm -hmm. And he needs you to move, and he needs you to move quickly, because people are waiting on the other side for your obedience. Ooh. And so I thought, we, that, was, we wait. I thought that was a, a very good word, because, you know, most things in life, are waiting on somebody else's obedience. Mm -hmm. And when we're not doing what God has told us to do or whatever, then somebody else is losing out on the other end because God has clearly said shift. And so the other person on the other side can't receive that, that breakthrough, that harvest, because you're holding them up and you're disobedient. So I thought that was awesome because that's where we are. And, you know, pretty much a lot of things are happening. You hear people talk about it more and more now, how once I moved to a new territory, things just began to open, open up. up. And flourish. You know, even our components uh -huh. that are coming here to Tulsa, you know, they come, everyone that have come, every one of them that have come have said how this land has opened up to them and their lives have been changed mm -hmm. tremendously because they moved at the word of the Lord and he met them with people and resources on this end oh my to goodness. push their lives forward. The testimonies, I don't know, we might have to have a blog talk testimony show. You know what? I think, yeah. The testimonies are a Astounding. I mean, miracles and miracles and providences. And I mean, this thing, I'm astounded. You know, I'm astounded. I just know that the scripture organic, culture modified, is what the Lord Jesus wants and is running with. 
when these people come, I mean, the things that happen, and even if they have a hiccup before they can get the chance to start crying about it, here comes God. They've all gotten good jobs, good jobs, many of them really good jobs, and they've gotten homes, they've gotten the relationships, even the relationships, they love it. Because God, you know, don't let anybody tell you that this is about Dr. Paul Price because it is not about me at all, not, not directly. This is about scripturally organic, culturally unmodified Christianity as delivered through new era apostleship. You have to understand that. When God wants to spread seed in his people, I keep hitting stuff. I can't help it, y'all. I got this. Gabble, gabble word. Gabble word. But when God wants to spread, upgrade his people, he's got to do it through seed. He has to also identify and refine that seed. So that is what we think looking at right now. God wants to bring his people back to Scripture because so many of his institutions have taken them away from it. So he wants scripturally organic, culture modified Christianity. And when God really wants something, God gets what he wants. And if he wants this, nobody can stop it. Nobody in the planet, nobody in heaven, and nobody in hell can stop this. And I can tell you firsthand, he has packed us with miracles and marvels and wonders that we, every, we, we, when we leave at night, we're like, well, did this just happen? I mean, like, did this just happen? We've got people say, this never happened. What's happening on here in Tulsa? This never happened. This is not normal because God wants this. You have to understand, God wants this. He wants the people who have been praying to him, Lord, there's got to be more to church than this. He wants the people saying, God, I'm tired of church. I'm tired of Christianity. God, I'm tired of prophets. I'm tired of apostles. I'm tired of people carrying these titles and no power, no anything to go with it. God, I'm tired of the, 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 the secular agenda. I'm tired of the occult. I'm tired of the mysticism. I'm tired of all of that. I'm tired of the unclean spirits. I'm tired of the homosexual people in the pulpit. I'm tired of that. And God raised us up. He raised me up to be your answer. So respond to it. Hallelujah. Well, it's time for us to shift. Well, we haven't had an announcement. Did she give us a recording? I have. I have. No, I'm doing announcements today. Oh. Ooh. I've been promoted. Wow. <laughs> I, see, I told you, if you hung in there, girl, there'd be a future in this thing. <laughs> yes, indeed. But you want to uh, sign off. Yes, I am going to sign off. I've done my part. I'm saying goodbye, and let's. And I'm not saying goodbye. We're shifting to Blog Talk Radio for the last hour of the show. Make sure you all who know where we're going have it up on the screen. We're shifting. Uh, I want you to have a great afternoon. I want you to have, huh? Oh, good. I want you to have a great afternoon. I want you to have a great weekend. I want you to meet me in Portland, Oregon. So now let's go down the hallway to Blog Talk Radio by pressing one. And don't you all get off, get off this phone talking about, well, I didn't press one because I don't do that. I told you last week, some of these people don't have your courage to ask. They don't have your confidence, but they still need the answers that you get. Again, press one when you get over there. God bless you. Have a great afternoon and a great lunch. All right, and I just need your gadgets here. <laughs> okay, it's all right. New toys, guys. We have new toys, new tech. All right, let me do this.
All right. I got it. All right, here we go. Sorry about that technological glitch, everybody. We're working with new technology, and you know how that goes. And so um, coming up, like we already talked about, tomorrow evening we are going to be in Portland, Oregon for the um, Portland Prophetic Ed, Warner Pacific College with Ann Kingdom Nation Church the whole weekend, www.thenwpropheticinstitute.com. We start tomorrow evening at 7.30 p.m., and Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Now, let me tell you what else is going on with Dr. Price. In Tulsa, at the end of October, October 26th through the 28th, she is going to be involved in the Kingdom Believers Empowerment Summit 2017, Regaining Influence with Marcus Howard Ministries. She is in a powerful lineup of speakers about your uh, financial breakthroughs, kingdom breakthroughs, regaining influence. You know, we have lost influence in the body of Christ, and we need to know how to regain that back. So you want to go to www.kingdombelieverssummit.info for registration information for that. Again, that's www.kingdombelieverssummit.info. This event is sponsored in part by TBN here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it is going to be a fantastic, powerful time. Prophet Ursula Wright, who is also a member of NIR, will be doing worship at this event. Les Brown will be in attendance, Dr. Uh, Sherry Clark, and uh, Yeah, Shirley Clark, excuse me, and many other kingdom giants are going to be right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, October 26th through the 28th. And once again, we have our Near Apostolic Summit, Discipling Apostolic and Prophetic Christians in Tulsa, November 15th through the 18th. Now, this is hosted by Dr. Paula Price and New Era Apostleship Restitution. All of the NEAR members that are, can make it are going to be here. Our NEAR Council is always here in November. And discipling apostolic and prophetic Christians. How in the world do we do that? We will be covering things from that subject matter to uh, addressing the apostles' doctrine. What is our theology as NEAR apostles? We'll also be breaking into making apostles millionaires. How can we get our apostles? and our leaders into that strata of the millions of dollars. And so we are coming. Um, Dr. Nashawn Walker will be returning this time to actually minister through his other branch of talent, which is rap and music. Minister Tony Mason from Tulsa, Oklahoma, will be returning as well for that night of music ministry. It's a concert open to the public. Thursday evening of the summit, Dr. Price is doing her State of the Kingdom address. I can't wait to hear that. What is going on in the kingdom of God? That is open to the public as well. If you are in the surrounding Tulsa, Oklahoma areas, you may not be able to make it to the day sessions. We certainly want you there in the evening. Now, it's nowhere near the same because we have different teachings and trainings during the day. So don't think you're going to come at night and just get the gist of what's happening at the event. (laughs) You are not. You certainly want to register. Wednesday night is the Dignitaries Dinner. Once again, it's our third annual Dignitaries Dinner with our very special guest, Dr. John Swales from Oral Roberts University, going to be speaking on engaging with world leaders. How do we do that as a church? It's kind of a breakdown there. And he's going to be giving us tips and pointers on that at the Dignitaries Dinner. If you are registering for the event or if you are not able to come to the whole, but you can register for the dinner yourself, it is a separate registration fee. It is in a separate location from the hotel. So you will want to visit www.drpaulaaprice, 
Com for your registration information, group rates, near rates, church membership, Congregation of the Mighty rates. That's what you want to find out. www. If you like, if you are like me, you want to listen to the Paula Price Show every day. You can do so in several places. If you have an iPhone, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes. If you have a Droid, you can key it up on Castbox. That is the app name Castbox. You can also listen right online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the Paula, or Paula Price Show, where it's streaming all the time. You can click on the episodes and just let it play, build yourself up. I want to encourage you to visit Dr. Price's website once again, www.drpaulaaprice.com, where you can find out the world of information about Dr. Price. You want trainings? teachings, uh, standalone classes, you can find out there. You need to go to priceuniversity.org. We have launched our university, both on campus in Tulsa as well as long distance online. So go to www.priceuniversity.org, where our main motto is learn today and lead tomorrow. I should say so you can lead tomorrow. Learn today, lead tomorrow. We're going to go over to our commercial break in just one second, but I want to also remind you, press that number one, like Dr. Price said. Get in the lineup. We want to hear your feedback, your comments, your testimonies, your questions that you may have, and prayer requests that you have. So we will be right back after these messages. Did you know PPM Global Resources offers prophetic advisements? Talk to our certified prophetic team of ordained prophets, apostles, and professional advisors and get the wisdom you need now. There's no monthly commitment required for a single session, and current students may now add on to your existing services. Choose your advisor, choose your time, then purchase your session. Book online at www.ppmglobalresources.com and click on the Advisements tab to begin your journey of prophetic advisements. It is our pleasure to introduce you to Price University, a post-secondary school of specialized education that specializes in master's and doctoral academic programs for the Kingdom of God. Price University is unique because its vision expands the traditional Christian ministry education to include quality instruction of apostles, prophets, kingdom professionals, ecclesial, and entrepreneurs. Consequently, we make Christian ministry studies practical, effective, and powerful to profit our students beyond the classroom in their everyday world. Our four-point vision is credible apostolic and prophetic education, manifestation of the Lord's eternal kingdom in the now, and the Ecclesia's dominance in human affairs and all nations in Christ and under God. Find out your place in Price University by visiting www.priceuniversity.org or call us today to schedule a consultation at 877-419-1299. Price University. Learn today. Lead tomorrow.
Stop by Dr. Price's website, www.drpaulaaprice.com, to join the email list, schedule a prophetic advisement, take an assessment, and join the NEAR Collaborative. You can also shop for products, book Dr. Price for your event, enroll in her webinars, register for events, and much more. Again, the website is www.drpaulaaprice.com, www.drpaulaaprice.com. Hi, this is Dr. Paula Price, host of the Paula Price Show, reminding you to revisit last week's program at blogtalkradio.com backslash Paula Price Show. Spiritual leadership for ministries is an ever-changing frontier. There are thousands of books on what makes for a great leader, how to get the best out of your people, how to grow your church, or expand your vision. However, there are few books to tell a leader when they're doing it right. Of course, there are the signs of progress and proof of outcomes, but as a leader, wouldn't you really like to know the truth? There are 10 things every leader should know who sincerely wants to be successful in ministry. What type of ministry do I really have? What type of members does my leadership attract? What are the gifts and callings currently active in my ministry? What is the ministerial readiness of each individual? Who is the most compatible with my vision? Do I have the people I need to achieve the vision? Do I have the right people in the right positions? Do I know the hidden potential within my ministry? Are my people sufficiently equipped to replicate my message? Not having answers to these questions has proven to make spiritual leadership challenging for many ministers. The key to great leadership is producing great people. Any organization is only as strong, effective, and excellent as the people that comprise it. When you know your people, you know your organization. Rediscover yours by considering the standardized ministry organizational assessment. Sign up online today by visiting www ptmglobalresources.com Welcome to PPM Global Resources, your one-stop ministry resource company. Whether ministry, professional, or personal, our products cover a diverse range of subjects, topics, and ministry issues that hit the center of where you are. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Explore the possibilities to conquer your world. Where are you going today? Ready to launch your own ministry? Want to develop a ministry training program? Looking for credible ministry education? You want guidance or direction? Maybe you just want to discover who you are. If you are a purpose seeker, looking for fresh resources, new ministry solutions, and endless possibilities, then welcome to PPM Global Resources, a ministry and professional resources company dedicated to meeting the needs of the 21st century minister. Why choose PPM Global? Because you want something better. We help build your vision, educate you in your calling, train you to succeed, teach you valuable skills, equip you to achieve, release you to conquer your world. Our business is your interests. 
whether ministry, professional, or personal. Our products cover a diverse range of subjects, topics, and ministry issues that hit the center of where you are. Think of us as your personal vision support team. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Your success is our passion. Check us out online or contact us at 877-649-PPMG. New Era Apostleship Restitution, or NEAR, is a kingdom collaborative founded by Dr. Paula Price that unites God's New Era ministries, visions, and ventures, businesses, and professionals in powerful, productive, and profitable ways that are mutually beneficial to all involved. Based on your level of membership, joining NEAR will give you access to assessment-based coaching and mentorship, personal ministry training and education, ministry credentialing and accreditation, spiritual covering and intervention, vision and ministry development, business and professional development, and more. Visit www.joinnear.com for membership and benefits information. That's www.joinnear.com. All right, and we are back for the second power-packed hour of the Paula Price Show. Dr. Price, we have a lineup for you today, and I'm excited to see and hear what God is going to say to our callers. All right. Actually, I'm so – I would say I don't know how to turn my phone back on. (laughs) We have a brand – I didn't. I was thinking, what am I going to say? And I thought, I hope she can ramble a little bit. (laughs) I can always ramble. (laughs) Well, I meant ramble on purpose, meaning that you didn't have a script and nobody told you that you were going to be the only one there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I'm on, right? I, do I, am I sounding clear enough? You are sounding crystal clear. Oh, well, I like my new phone. You know, I'm, I'm excited about that. I got my new phone and I'm excited and I'm loving it. But hallelujah. All right. If I've got a lineup, I've got some counsel and some wisdom. Yes, and today's first caller I feel is, I know is very apropos. It's Johnita, and she is calling with a praise report about a job and coming home to Tulsa. So welcome oh, to the Paula Price Show, Johnita. Hello, 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 Dr. Price. How are you today? I am. You can see I'm on fire, Johnita. You know that, yes, right? Yes, you are. <laughs> Yes, you are scripturally organic, culturally unmodified fire. Come home campaign. (laughs) I am in it. It is my campaign. Yes, yes. I just called in. I mean, you you called us how long ago? Was it a year or two ago that we first connected with you on the Blog Talk radio show? Isn't that right? Yes, it was 2015 when I first connected uh, with you guys. I found you on Blog Talk, and you actually came to Connecticut like a month and a half later, and I connected with you guys uh, face-to-face a month and a half later, mm. 2015. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, wanted, I wanted them to know that because I wanted them to realize that, you know, this thing, just this is like a, a wonderful moving sidewalk. You know, you call us on Blog Talk. <laughs> Catch us on the road, <laughs> yes. on the road, and then you meet, come to a couple of events, 
and then you become a client, and there you go. So I just wanted them to hear the moving sidewalk piece of that. Yes. Yeah, it has been great. When I came, I did the um, MAQ, and I got connected in with uh, getting an advisement, and it just kept coming. Then I came in November, I think, so it was September, October, and then November, I was here for the summit, the Apostolic Summit. I didn't know what I was getting into, but I came, (laughs) and I'm so glad that I did. And then it just seems like history thereafter. Then I turned around and came to the prophetic in June, and my life just kept expanding the information, the knowledge, the wisdom, and the certainty that, oh, God does answer prayer, and people are really serious about his kingdom. And the only thing, I I just was so taken aback because I could see how your interest was in establishing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That was what I walked away with in that November um, of 2015. I said, wow, God. And so I've not left. I've kept going. I'm now in, uh, well, I relocated. I thought <laughs> so much of what you're doing, <laughs> not only myself but my children, you know, relocated my family here to Tulsa. I was one of those people that it seemed like when I came in December and I went back, we didn't want to go back, first of all, but when we got home, it seemed like God just said, and it's time to go now. And my life just took off just like that. I mean, from my daughter's school to my home, it took me about three months to pack up my entire house and close down my business. And then I was here <laughs> uh, in Tulsa at the what, the first Friday in April uh, in time for the second women's uh, meeting. And it was funny something that you said earlier. No, I think Minister Norman said earlier about um, people waiting and just what's waiting for you and not delaying. One of the people said to me, well, because I wasn't going to come to Tulsa until June. I thought I wasn't coming until June when my daughter's school closed down. But if I had waited, Dr. Price, the the truth of it is we would not have even had the uh, Scripturally Organic, Culturally Unmodified shirts done in time uh, because I would have showed up for the actual conference. So I even blessed the Lord for, you know, just it was a hard press. Man, it was a hard press getting here, but I pressed and was able to even begin to bring that forward, a part of the vision that God has given you, the commission that God has given you. So I blessed the Lord for that. And then pressing for even this job, it has been just miraculous, you know, you come in, I shut down the business, I'm thinking, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And then just being quiet and staying with the team, showing up on the prayer calls, showing up for my sessions, and staying to the system that you literally have created. I don't think people really understand that you have a system, that it's not just a blog talk, but you literally have a system for success in the kingdom of God. Um, and so because of that and sticking to that system, I'm sitting here today. I called in to give the praise report that I actually landed a great job with Bank of America. Um, <laughs> and the, thank you. The, the, the miracle and the, the, the blessing pieces when I came and I interviewed for the job, they actually came in $4,000 less than what I was asking. But at the end, um, 
they came in $2,000 over. So I bless the Lord. That's the miracle, and I think that's what we get when we have covering such as you and your team, just staying in prayer with us and continuing to uh, teach us and continuing to encourage us to stay within the perfect will of God. That's what I love about this ministry, that you guys are interested in the perfect will of God being manifested in our lives. And these are the kinds of miracles that come along with that press, with that fight. Um, So I called in to say thank you, thank you, thank you, not only to you but to your awesome team, for allowing me to come in, to sticking it out with me, and continuing to cover and bring me into destiny and purpose here in Tulsa. Thank you. Oh my God, what a testimony! I'll probably be having, I'll probably be playing that again several more times because that is a a powerful word from the um, from the job to the you know you have a wonderful location where you are with your with your two daughters. You got yes. your daughter in an amazing school. And, oh um, I mean, okay, on and on and on, uh-uh. on and on and on. But but I thank you for doing that. I appreciate you for telling them about the system because it takes the people who have been beneficiaries of that system to tell it. And so, folks, what we're going to do week after week, we're going to um, we're going to start featuring some of our come homers. Some will call live. Others will have pre-recordings because you, the stories that we are having about coming home to scripturally organic, culturally modified Christianity in Tulsa, Oklahoma, are are amazing. They're staggering. I mean, these people are finding purpose. They're finding uh, outlets for purpose. Some of you all have been on the vine so long, you don't remember that you were on the vine. You don't even remember. But we now, we're bringing life to that. I want to thank you, Janita, for your testimony. I can't tell you how much it my heart and how accurate and relevant it was and I definitely want to congratulate you on that super job. Oh Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. All right. God bless you. I'm going to see you after Portland. You will see me possibly in Portland. <laughs> I knew I was tempting you know I was tempting you, right? Because I know you. I know you I have people in my sphere that will pop up unexpectedly, all the time. I mean, they just show, don't tell me, or anything. I look at them and I'm like, look at this. My soldiers are standing right up in there. Well, I will see you when I see you. God bless, huh? God bless. Thank you. You're very welcome, beloved. Bye-bye. Bye. Whew, Prophet Ashley, was that amazing? <laughs> yes. And, you know, Johnita is so dependable at showing up on these trips. I just, you know, in my mind, I think I already saw her there. <laughs> <laughs> She's one solid woman, though. I have to give it to that woman. It's mm-hmm. a solid, stalwart, Absolutely. supporter, and soldier, and she does appear. Okay, who else do we have on the line? All right, on the line, we have Gina from North Carolina. And Gina needs uh, general prayer today, whatever God wants to say. Gina, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Thank you for having me. Well, hi, Gina. How are you doing? How are you? It's an honor to speak with you. Oh, and you sound enthusiastic. (laughs) I am because uh, I am being um, taught um, spiritually organic, culturally unmodified. Yeah! (laughs) And we are catching up. We are catching on. So talk to me, Gina. What's going on in your church world? 
Oh, and my church, well, um, uh, it's, it's awesome. Um, we are learning. We are growing. Um, uh, our apostle is teaching. Our apostle is teaching us the word of God, the true word of God. Uh, he, he said is rated R. That means is raw, is real, is radical, and I'm thoroughly appreciated that. Hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear it. So now, what is it that is bothering you? You get, you paint this really rosy picture and say, I want to hear whatever God says. So what is it that you're not hearing? Um, well, for me personally, um, uh, I know I have an office, a calling on my life. Uh, I know it's evangelism, and I just want to make sure that I get a well done from God. That's it. So, I mean, uh, I just want to make sure I get a well done. Okay, so let's, let's dig into that just a little bit, Gina. What are you doing to assure that you get a well done? Uh, well... Personally, I live a holy life. I stay in my word. I study my word. Uh, prayer, um, anything that's going on, um, I listen to. I listen to you. Um, anything that's going on in church, I do that too. Obedient, uh, obedient with the right attitude, and just living day by day, giving glory to God, minister to people. Because uh, God's heart is for souls, um, and God's mind is his word. Okay, so let me jump in. Want to play a game with me? Sure. Let's play a game. Before we do our game, I need you to tell me, what do you do for a living? What do I do for a living? I, I drive a dump truck. Okay, a, a dump truck? Yes. I think that's exciting. That is exciting. So in order for you to drive that dump truck, Gina, what did you do? Did you just pray, read your Bible, and and, um, and just kind of hold out and just, you know, talk to people? Is that how you got that job? No, ma'am. Um, I had to have a CDL license, a certain license, so I had to have uh, training. Um, and then when I got the job, I had even more training because each company has their own training. Hmm. So you're saying to me that the job you have required um, some actual hands-on and physical steps to get. Is that right? Yes. Yes, ma'am. And you had to have a license. Now, I don't, what I'm stuck on is why did you have to have a license? I mean, you knew how to drive. I don't understand the problem. Because a certain size vehicle requires a certain type of license. Oh, certain size vehicle. So the vehicle size made made you need a license. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And so all the license said was that it's okay for you to buy, drive a big truck. A big truck. Is that right? All your your license just says okay. It's okay for her. To, she can go and drive a big truck. Who gave you the license? Oh, well, I had to get it from the state which I applied the license for, and I had to take a test to do that. Oh, oh, my goodness. You had to take a test with the state to get a license to drive a bigger vehicle. Yes. Is that right? Wow, you yes, must have found that very course. difficult, huh? Uh, no, I read it? the manual. Ma'am? But, but, but where did the test come from? Did you have to go to the test site or did you just take it online? 
I had a manual. Um, I read the manual. I took the first part of the test um, online. The second part of the test was hands-on. Oh, okay. So now, why did you think that was important for you to do to work in your um, your field? Why was that, what made that important for you to do? Well, first of all, I noticed you're competent that you are able to do it you per- to perform the task uh, safety-wise, for not only for yourself but for others, um, to assure that you know what you're doing. Okay. Now, so you got that down pat. I mean, I love your answers. Um, I really Thanks. do. So tell me this. Why is it that that's all you need to do for an evangelist? Mm. Say that again. Yeah, well, you, you understand the importance of, of having some credentials, having some testing, being uh, authorized by a higher office or official. You understood that you had to know the manual for the sake of your yes. competences. You understood that for that secular job. Why is it that you yes. don't think as much is needed for evangelists? God's job. I'm having a sailor moment. Um, what is it? Well, yes. <laughs> I'm having a sailor moment. <laughs> do you realize all you wanted me to do is slap a prayer on your your spiritual calling, and you were just going to run at it, but you didn't feel that way about your profession? Mm, no, I didn't want you to just slap a prayer. I wanted if if. Whatever's needed for the next step, I'm willing. I'm will, more than willing to do it. Well, good. I, so I want you to go the program. The first thing I want you to do is understand the Bible, because you read that other manual, so you can understand it to keep people safe and show that you were capable and responsible. I need you to read that Bible because that Bible is how God saves souls. So that's number one. Number two, yeah. I need you to get some sort of uh, of training for evangelism that goes beyond you just running around preaching the gospel and sharing your testimony. I need you to understand the, the, the rigors of, of, uh, of evangelism, how it works from start to finish, and how to know that you're good and how to know that you're not, how to fight the opposition that you're going to fight, like the traffic you fight on the road and stuff. I need you to take it seriously enough to do the exact same things for your evangelistic call as you are proud of having done for your secular call. Yes. So we ha- and we just happen to have an outlet for you. If your if your pastor or apostle doesn't have one, then you can go to priceuniversity.org and start talking with our advisors, so you can be as good in the kingdom as you are in the world. Great. All right. <laughs> Let me pray for you, Gina. I'm not you. Thank you. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for Gina and all of those who are on the line today to hear the counsel and wisdom and understand you deserve competence too, that you deserve excellence, you deserve highly capable people also, and you, you deserve us to be ready for service and armed with the word of truth. When they read those manuals, God, for their uh, uh, professional training and secular training, God, they don't realize that those companies consider those manuals to be their Bible. And I'm asking, God, that our people, the people of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, 
begin to look at that Bible as more than a devotional, more than an spiritual upkeep, more than a testimonial, but to look at it as a manual of service and, Lord, to be equipped in that service for your glory. She has a good heart for you, God. She has a willing soul for you. And now, Lord, I'm asking that you would lay out the plan you have for her to get into your service for your glory to win souls for your kingdom. And we bless you for doing it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> All right, so you will give us an update. I'm sure we'll get one from you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you will. Okay, God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Prophet? All right, Dr. Price. We have next on the line. Are you ready for your next caller? I am ready. All right, let's see here. Okay, we have, I just want to make sure I'm grabbing the right person. We have Marsha from Massachusetts. She is calling because um, she would like prayer for a family that she knows whose son died as a result of an overdose. And she is also dealing with some things as well concerning that situation. So, Marsha from Massachusetts, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Welcome. Thank you so much. for having me and for answering my my questions to Dr. Price. God bless you, Marsha. So uh, you want prayer for the uh, you, you want intercessory prayer for the family whose son who died that died, right? Yeah. And then you said yes. With some issues as well. Yeah, because uh, this family, um, we all uh, lived in the same building together for 15 years. It had six apartments in it, and so my kids grew up with the, with the, with him and the other children in the building, and they're now um, young adults. They're in their 20s and 30s now after living together for 15 years. And so um, the reason is because uh, my, uh, one of my sons, his girlfriend, had told me that he he was addicted to Percocets. So I didn't address it with him because I didn't know how to bring it up without him denying it. So uh, the Lord began pressing upon me to pray for him. So the first two times he came by the house, he's going to live with me. He's grown. Um, <clears throat> I, I forgot to do it. But then I said, when he comes the next time, I'm going to do it. When he came the next time, I was in the bed and I was in a lot of pain. But he came to hug me to say hello. And I just grabbed, grabbed my arms around him and just bear hugged him and began to pray for him. And I began to pray in the spirit. So, like, not even a week later, I get a phone call from his girlfriend that he's in the hospital and that he had an overdose. Um, and she said that the only reason that he had lived and his addiction to Percocets, there was a bad batch of Percocets going around in Massachusetts. And she said the only reason why he lived is because he was in the room by himself with the door closed, and she was getting their kids together for school. And so when she walked by the door, she heard a weird noise. So that made her go in the room, and he was on the floor, and he was gasping for air, and she called the ambulance, and they did the Narcan, and then she called me to come to the hospital. So that opened the door for me to talk to him about his, you know, the Percocet addiction. But now this person died the other day, and I was like, you know, I was like, you know, God, it's not, I'm not, listen, I'm, I see that my son was scared, and this boy was not because he probably wasn't covered in prayer. 
felt some kind of way because I said, I know this kid, you know, I said, I should have been praying. And so I just, I, I'm just feeling some kind of way about this. I'm just so sad about it. And now when I, I'm out, I'm out in the city and see people who are homeless and who are addicted to alcohol and drugs and they're young people, they're in the thirties and they, and they're hanging around downtown. I don't look down on them. I just, I just, I just start to pray. I, I, I just pray for that population. And so that's what it is that I just wanted to get your, um, you know, your wisdom and your guided counsel on, um, because, um, I haven't felt this way before. Um, I haven't felt this way before. And so I, yesterday, as a result, I just began to pray. I just began to pray for my city. I began to pray for the all the young men that grew up in the building uh, uh, that, that we all grew up, they, they grew up together for the past 15 years. Um, and just thanking God. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, my son was spared. But on the same hand, I am so sad that, a child that I knew, he was in his 20s, that I knew, you know, that I wasn't praying for. And if he had been covered in prayer, you know, maybe this would not have happened to him. Well, okay, so who is Ethan? I'm a little lost in the storyline. Is Ethan your son or someone else's son? Ethan, no, the son of the person who passed, his name is Alex. Um, He's the one who passed. Um, my son is the one who um, was spared. You know, he had an overdose also, but he was, um, fortunately, he was um, he was spared because his girlfriend, you know, heard him in the room, heard some noise in the room and went in there and saw him on the floor gasping for air. Oh, your son is somebody else. Okay. So let me just say this. Um, the first thing I want to tell you is that it's really great to have these uh, these moments, these encounters with the realities of human suffering and and, and God's uh, uh, concern about it. That's good stuff, Marsh. Good stuff. The thing that you don't want to do is to jump out because you've had a personal encounter because that uh, and, 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 and awareness that awareness must turn to a burden. And burdens cause you to act, just like any other physical burden. You put a physical burden on your body, you're going to have to do something with it because after a while, you can't just stand there and hold it. You will have to act. So the next thing that I would say to you is make sure you spend time with God, you know, with your burden. You have got to know that God has given you this burden and not your sympathy or your guilt or your regret or your remorse. Those are not good motivators for burden. Those are good motivators for awareness. And they may even be quite helpful in inspiring you to uh, look deeper or dig deeper at it or even examine yourself. But you have to understand that what you want to take on, this is a national problem. What you want to take on is a, a national problem for the United States of America. We are from, and I just got through watching a documentary a couple of weeks ago, the number one drug consumer on the planet, and for sure the top five. Now, we are the United States of America, and our kids want to hang on corners. They want to get drunk. They want to be drugged. They want to drop out of life. They want to stop feeling. They want to go past feeling. They want to not participate in the society. Those are real facts for our nation. Now, we we don't even want to talk about the, the other nations of the world because but and you just do the statistic, do the statistical homework. What you want to take on is huge. 
what anybody who wants to take this on is huge. And the problem is that there are other things that are required for it to succeed. People are doing wonderful things. You know, they're good money after bad, if you will. But the, the end of the matter is the, the problem is that this is the fruit of a prayer, a global agenda that happened and kicked off in the 60s maybe the 50s, but for sure the 60s, where now we are stunned that all our kids know how to do is drop out on life in a hundred different ways. They don't value life, et cetera. So I'm with you for taking this on, but you have got to know that this is a burden from God and not a burden of remorse or guilt. Okay. Mm-hmm. The reason that I brought that up that way and I came that direction is very simply because Every, these are real principalities, and you can't do it alone. You're going to have to hook up, connect with some other organization that's doing what you want to do, learn from them, take the training, serve a little bit, make sure that you are well to the task. Because when, it's, when sentiment wanes, whatever the sentiment that drives us to do something, when sentiment wanes, then resolve and discipline kick in. Okay. In other words, you cannot have people just, okay, oh, wow, you know, oh, man, Sister Marsha, she's so great. She prays for us. She's there. Well, she's working on our thing. She's at the, the call center or the, or the help center or whatever. And this is great. And you all excited, enthusiastic, and then it happens again, and your heart is broken because you feel like you did something wrong, and so you don't go back. Or the pressure okay. of something or your own life or your own house gets hit. And you're like, uh uh-uh, this is not worth my home. That's not worth my children. It's not worth my family. A burden puts it all on the altar. Mm. And interest serves itself for a short while. But burdens put it all on the altar. And they do it as a calculated risk. We see it in our police officers, our, our military. We see it in our government. We see it in the people who are in the face of this ugly every single day. But the burden made them put it all on the altar. So is the, can I ask a question? Is the burden, like the, the feeling that you just can't shake, you just can't shake being concerned about this and, and, and wanting to, to do something? You can, uh, no, and let me tell you, you can do something, and if you're hearing that I'm telling you not to do anything, I'm saying that's not the case. But just because you have a burden, just because something is new and fresh, talk to me when you've been doing something about it for a year, 13 months. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, when you've been, yeah. when you don't know what you, you don't know what the, the uh, pushback on this is going to be in your life. You don't know that you are fit for it. You don't know if you have the knowledge or the commitment or any of those things. So I'm saying to you, since you ask for my wisdom, you can go, if mm-hmm. you're serious, join somebody else's work and commit to that. Carry that out for two or three years. Learn what you're doing. Don't just go out feeling. The problem with the church is we're always running on feeling, and, and feelings are like running on fumes instead of fuel. So we're always running on fumes. You know, oh, this is so great. It just touched me. so. No, no. You have to become, you have to buck up because this is a real battle, and God is getting ready to touch this thing in a very difficult way, in a very hurtful way, and, and he will find who his real soldiers are, who his real warriors are, who his real intercessors and interveners are, and in other words, who his real burden bearers are. And if you want to be mm. a part of that, 
not going to be anything you remember in the past. This is a whole new thing. I'm telling you, I keep trying to tell everybody, this is a whole new day with new forces, new everything. So if you feel like you want to take, go to the next step in it, let's call it the next step. Go sign up to help somebody in your community, some whatever facilities or centers they have, whatever uh, public services they have, sign up and be faithful in that. Don't use this as okay. an occasion to lie. Hear me out. Don't lose this. Use this as an occasion to launch your own ministry. You said don't use it as an occasion to launch your own ministry? To launch your own ministry. You said don't don't or do? Don't. Oh, yes. No, I wasn't thinking about ministry. I just, you know, I hadn't even thought about ministry. I was just like, as far as I thought about was this prayer. But, um... But I hear what you're saying, and, and I appreciate that because, um, the, um, you know, there are churches that, that I've been visiting. One, it has a NA program, it's a Jesus-based NA program. There are other organizations in the city um, that work with people when they're coming out of prison to help them get training and get the skills and get the stuff that they know to do. Um, they, it's a prison ministry, but they have something, okay. but they have something outside the prison. And I had thought about um, joining them about six months ago. Cause I, um, um, so, um, yeah, so this, I, well, I really say, appreciate this. I want to say this cause I want to get to our next caller as well. But I want to say this, prayer is a wonderful thing. But if you have power in prayer, if you really are, have a lot, enough power in prayer, you're going to get a pushback. That's going to happen. So you need to make sure that you don't make yourself the only prayer warrior involved in this. Wow. Wow. Okay. Because you're taking on. See, it's wonderful to say, wow, I just want to pray for all of the kids to get A's. Oh, that's great. (laughs) But you're talking about taking on all of these forces that turned America into this. Mm. So you need to make sure you're with the prayer group. If you sign up with this group, then you get in on the prayer side of that group first, unless you feel you're ready to do more. But get in with the group. I, I, I tell saints all the time, we get, you know, we, this is, you know, this is not evangelism. This, uh, let, me, let me go on. This is not even witnessing, let alone evangelism. This is literally engaging in a spiritual battle, engaging in a cultural battle, battle, engaging in a demonic climate and a demonic agenda. This is different. We have to think differently going forward in the future. We cannot look back and say, well, that worked for Benny Besser, and that worked for all, and that worked for Frank. Uh-uh. Those people are gone. Those devils are retired. This is a new force, and we have to do it the way God needs it done. So, yes, you need to, uh, I would suggest that you would take and get a, a prophetic advisement. If you want, you should take some courses and some training, but you definitely need a strong covering. I wouldn't even touch it until I knew I had a forceful covering. Okay. Okay. All right. God bless you. I will be, Jesus. Yep. I thank you for God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm praying, girl. Don't leave. Come on, get your prayer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for Marcia. I bless you for her. God, I'm asking that you surround her with the people that you've already appointed, touched to make this happen. I thank you, Lord, for smoothing out whatever wrinkles that Satan would try to find in her or even with the public and the community would find in her, smooth out all of these pieces if she is committed to making this happen for you. And I bless you for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
Amen. All right, now you can go. God bless. Thank you, Dr. Price. You're welcome. Bye for that. All right, Dr. Price. We have next with us Marla from Texas. And Marla would like prayer concerning her transition about relocating and coming home. Marla, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hi, Dr. Price. How are you today? Uh, you can hear me. I'm all over the place. Girl, I am so full of glory and happiness and joy right now. I don't know what to do. It's hard to stay in my chair. But anyway, it's not about me. Talk to me, Marla. What's going on? <laughs> um, well, I've been, as you know, I know everyone knows, I've been listening to you for a while. And um, I just keep feeling like I need to come there. Like, I mean, I don't have anything that's really you know, tying me here, um, except for, you know, my, my lease doesn't end until January, but I just really, I just want to be sure because, you know, I, I want everything to be right and what, you know, what God wants for me. Okay. So let's start with this, Marla. Give me three points of hesitancy. What's making you hesitant about it? Give me three points. Number one is what? Um, fear that I'm that I'm wrong. Okay, fear um, of Okay. Number two. Um, I guess failure. All right. Number two and number three. <laughs> um. Well. Um. Feeling like I'm there by myself. Okay, so we got. Let me tell you, we got them all covered. So number one, let's talk about fear of error. What do you call fear of error? What is it? What, what, and when you have to explain that to somebody, and they say, "Well, girl, what are you talking about?" What do you call fear of error? Um. Well, like, okay, so a few, some years ago, I had. I had relocated to um, Dallas, and it just was not the right thing. So, you know, and and things did not go well. It's like it it just kind of went downhill from there. And, and so it's just like, well, what if I, what if this time I'm wrong again? I'm just so afraid of being wrong again. I love it. Well, listen to me. First of all, you're not going to be wrong because, well, you've been listening to me long enough to know what you're coming into. I don't know the conditions under which you relocated to Dallas, but you have been listening to me long enough to know what you're coming into. You, I mean, I'm not going to be a surprise to you. You're not going to find on, you know, another person behind this broadcast. As a matter of fact, those people who have come are stunned that I am so different even from that and that I am touchable, reachable, and all of that. That's number one. Number two, failure has to do with just showing up one day instead of working through a process. We have systems and processes for everything. You heard her say that. And alienation, not a problem. So here's what I want to tell you to do. I want you to go to um, – I'm trying to figure it out. I'm going to ask Prophet Asher to help me because I, I don't have the email uh, address and uh, website in my mind. But I want you to go to comehometulsa.com. I think that's the right one. 
When you do, you get to schedule an appointment to talk with the people who are in charge of bringing our folks home. We are not just letting you come on and show up and whatever. We have a process and we have system, and so they will answer your questions. They will walk you through the process. They will pray you through the process. They will direct you to various services that you need to complete your relocation, but we don't do that. That doesn't happen. And I'd like to take the alienation piece. There's no such thing. We, our system includes a way to make everybody come home as friends and family. So my suggestion to you is to go to um, come home, uh, Tulsa, if it's wrong, Prophet Asher, fix it, dot com, and then when you do it. Now, what happens when you get that is Chief Prophet Tyler is going to talk to you. You're really going to get a conversation with her, or and if not her, one of her assistants, because now we're getting numbers, and so it's a little different. But you'll get someone who will walk you through this, talk to you, walk you through your fears. Let's dig into that. Let's not just leave them out there to keep you out of purpose and destiny. So they're going to walk you into, through it, talk you through it, and then after that, we're going to start exploring your needs, et cetera. Well, I did fill out, um, I went to the Come Home, I think it was comehomeembassy.com uh-huh. or something like that, and there was like a form, and I did, I filled out that form, because it asked if you wanted to um, be like an online member or a regular, I put online, but then one of the questions was asked if you would, if you're interested in relocating, I put yes, so. Okay. So then did anyone contact you yet? And if, if not, they will by next week. Um, not yet, no, ma'am. Okay, well, we'll give you a contact. You'll have a contact by next week so that you can get that phone meeting. That phone meeting is important, and I believe we have seen, I won't even just say I believe, we have seen that it settles off. Okay. All righty. So. That's what we're going to do. Meanwhile, I'm going to pray your peace and that nervousness off. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for Marla. We thank you for her being your daughter and loving you. This woman has cried out to you for three years to give her your answers and your way of life. So I thank you for, for her having those answers today and enlarging upon those answers when she makes her telephone contact for Come Home Tulsa. I thank you for blessing her, Lord. Bless her life. Give her peace. And, God, you're her dad. You're her father. You're her maker. Make sure she knows you have a way of persuading her of everything you do. Let her know that this is you. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus' name, amen. Thank <laughs> God you, God bless. You're God welcome. Bless you, <laughs> bless okay. you too. All right, uh, Prophet, I got time for one more call, so shouldn't I take it? All right, we have one more for you, Dr. Price. This is Irena calling us back from Louisiana. And she uh, received a doctor's report that was less than favorable, and she would like some prayer from you. Irena, welcome to the Paul Price Show. Thanks. God bless you. Hi, Dr. Price. Love you, love you, love you. I was truly blessed. So much you said. Look, you touched on, and uh, I can learn so much from that. (laughs) But uh, I thank God for you. I thank God for you, Dr. Price. It's my but, pleasure. So tell me, what's going on? Okay. You know, I am a two-time breast cancer survivor, and I oh, uh, went to do my mammogram a couple weeks ago, 
And here the doctor come with this little ugly bad report saying they see a positive. Okay, you must see a spot in the in the devil eye, not you know my breast. But anyway, so I had to do further uh, treatment. So I did a, a, I guess it's a deeper mammogram that reads deeper, see further, whatever. And I had to do an ultrasound. So when I got the reports back again from my doctor, um, okay, the spot that they see is showing a little cancer. So I go tomorrow to my to a breast specialist, she want me to do another ultrasound because she do her own test, and here I am. So I'm believing God again. Hey, but you know what? You all have beat uh, this enough for you God to understand it. Uh, the first thing I'm going to tell you immediately is that uh, you need to change your diet for real and keep it changed. Okay. There is no wiggle room for you. So go back to that diet that they gave you. Okay. On it. If your life isn't worth it, then stay on that diet. That's number one. Number two, okay. I am going to pray today, and you're not going to miss your appointment. If I don't care what happens, God has his ways of handling things. Yes, yes. All right? And then okay. the other thing is that I, I, I'm going to talk to one of my advisors. I think you need a prophetic advisement for the other information I would like to give you. Okay. All right? So I want to do those All three right. things. Father God, I thank you for your reign. I mean, Lord, she's just been through so much, but you know what you're doing. You know what you're perfecting in her. So I bless you for that. But I right now rise up in my seat of authority, and I go into my office of miracles, and I command that I command that to dissolve, and then I rise up in my authority, and I take back the authorization that keeps bringing this back on her body. I revoke your authorization.
but I just think you need to go and visit and make that call to find out if this is indeed for you. For those of you who are ready to go to the next level, go to priceuniversity.org, and let's kick this thing in gear and get you ready to learn today and lead tomorrow until, well, until we get to Portland. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Sow a Seed. Donate today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.